to today's digital lunchbox. We are going to be talking about tackling your digital marketing strategy for 2021. So the idea of planning for 2021, I think is pretty daunting for everyone. You know, the reality is that we're still in the middle of a pandemic and the factors that can influence businesses are still going to continue to evolve through 2021. But I know we're all ready to get through 2020. We're ready to just have this year be behind us. So with that, let's talk about marketing plans. So I'm going to start with you, Seth. How can you differentiate between business goals and marketing goals? Well, I think they have to be interrelated, right? Uh, if the business wants to enter into a new category or improve in a certain area, it really has to team up with the marketing department and of course, vice versa. You know, marketing department can't just go off and do its own thing. Uh, they, they have to really be tightly aligned. Um, so they're very interconnected, I would say. Tyler, anything else on that? Yeah, uh, from my perspective, business goals are up here. Uh, and marketing goals are just like one step below that. Yeah. Um, so for instance, to kind of riff off what you're talking about, Seth, if we're trying to, our business goals to break into this new area um, and within this area, we want to boost our revenue by X percent. Um, the, from, from the top down, the marketing goals are almost going to seem a bit uh, tactical from, from that perspective. Uh, at the marketing level, then right below that, we're gonna say, okay, uh, we're going to, um, you know, expand our, our digital advertising within this area, uh, and we're hoping to, our target is to get this percentage of conversion rate uh, top of funnel um, and build that up to X percentage or X number of, of people um, by this date, which then, you know, we'll be working on um, optimizing funnel, mid-funnel, mid and then taking a look back and saying, okay, later in the year, how do we optimize top of funnel uh, a little bit more? Um, so strategy is kind of that, that nesting doll thing where top level feels strategy and then that next level feels tactical. But then if you're looking up, um, for marketing that those, those things become strategy and underneath that, each of them, uh, each of them have tactics, uh, in and of themselves that are going to help us to reach those. Um, so it's really a perspective thing for me. Uh, but absolutely, if we're not interrelated and we're all not working toward the same goal, uh, we're definitely not getting where we're going. Yep. Absolutely. Kind of expanding on that further because everything is so interrelated. Who then should be involved in setting these strategic marketing objectives? Uh, well, personally, I think everyone should be. Um, everyone within within that marketing organization uh, is going to have a different perspective and ideas to bring to the table. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of those ideas are going to be great, <laughs> um, but in my experience, uh, you know, you'd be surprised where some of the, the brightest gems can come from in gathering ideas uh, and, and really, uh, you know, kind of that folks on the ground, uh, they know really best what's working and what's not. I mean, at the upper level, uh, executives hopefully have the right kinds of data to be making informed decisions. Um, but at that tactical level or what's really resonating, uh, that's really going to be the people who are closest to your end user. Um, and that's usually the folks who are creating that content. Uh, they're they're going to know best. They're in the, the platforms every day. They're going to see new opportunities that execs just won't. Yeah. And, you know, while execs like to operate with quantitative data, the people who are actually talking to customers or end users, um, you know, some of that 
while we would love it to be quantitative is qualitative. And, you know, when we're thinking about how we tell our story or our messaging or the psychology behind what messaging resonates, um, you know, it's, it's helpful to have that, those qualitative stories and that, that um, you know, face-to-face -face experience that these people have. Um, and, and then of course, like Tyler says, not everyone is gonna get their idea inserted into the strategy, right? It's a brain, it's brainstorming session, uh, more heads are, are better than one, but ultimately leadership has to filter out and that's the job of leadership is to be a leader and say, this one's not gonna cut it or this one will, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Can I, I'm gonna improvise a real quick question here. Um, Seth, uh, as a leader in that role, um, how do you uh, how do you make that decision? Like, we're, you have a, you've created a really open culture here at O8, right. um, and we just got done with our our strategy planning sessions where we we went through this very exercise and everyone uh, threw their ideas into the blender. Um, how do you, in that leadership role, pick pick the right ones uh, and make sure that they align? Right, you know. Uh, of course, data is great if we have it, uh, if, if we can justify a decision by data. But if we don't, if it's a bit more qualitative, like, you know, I've been saying, uh, it comes down to intuition and making a decision. And, you know, just like someone coming on Shark Tank who has a, an idea, you know, how do those people make the decision? Well, it's based on their experience as a leader in this particular business and knowing, you know, having having a little bit longer term view of this particular business in this particular niche. Uh, so long stories short, I'd say it's mostly intuitive. Trust your gut. Yeah, trust your gut. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and like, I always see you running A-B tests yes. uh, to try and validate that gut. And gather the data where you can, which is a really like, can you yes. just talk a little bit about why you're such a fan of that model? Yeah. I should have picked up on that leading question. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I am always happy to be wrong. That's the thing. Um, you know, of course, intuition is important, but you're, I, I am wrong and I'm very happy to be wrong because then that means I know when I'm right. You're, you know, I know how to get to right. Uh, and A-B testing and experimentation is the way to find out how to be right much more of the, uh, of the time than not. So um, using data to back your decisions, doing a, a test of this messaging or this layout or whatever it is, um, it's so important because best practices are so often wrong and your intuition can be wrong. It's always better to back it up with data whenever you can. Yeah, and so like, I guess my, the, the question some may be having then is, well, how does A-B testing tie back to strategic goals? Mm -hmm. um, and for us, that, that can be something as, as central as our core tagline yeah. um, and how a pivot there to really recenter ourselves um, or reframe ourselves in the perspective of, of the consumer is that that has huge strategic implementations leading into 2021. Um, and so Seth has been running uh, some A-B tests and, and doing some ideation on some of those core, really core pieces to the brand um, to help uh, reinforce the ideas that we have and see if this is indeed the right direction. Exactly. Yep. Good point. Very agile. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Hadley. 
back to you. <laughs> no worries, I love it. So before this strategic brainstorming session, um, where we do have everyone and we do have the leader there to filter things out, should anything be completed before that? What do you think, Seth? Yeah, you know, um, every company runs differently. Uh, I can speak to personal uh, preferences and ways we run things around here. Uh, you know, you want to do some research on your market and industry trends, but also have some time for inspiration, make some time for inspiration. Uh, just reading, listening to lots of audiobooks, podcasts, uh, recent topics that, that folks are talking about in your industry, and then put together a productive uh, agenda. So our agenda consists of the best and worst news of the year, uh, an inspirational quote to get people thinking. Uh, and then you get into the nitty gritty, like the state of the market, our capabilities, uh, you know, what we should stop, start, keep doing, uh, our identity and differentiation. And then we get into some things from the book Scaling Up, which I recommend you read if you haven't, um, like a strategic things, the seven strata of strategy is what they call it. Uh, and then we get into accountability processes and OKRs. Um, and then have a Rockefeller habits checklist that we review. So long-winded, uh, it takes us two days on average, um, and, but it's so important. And like Tyler was saying, you know, this, this doesn't have to be a one and done thing. We are agile enough where we'll take some of those components from the strategic meeting and riff on them a little bit, maybe next month or a quarter from now. Um, it probably shouldn't in today's world be a one and done thing. You should keep assessing and being agile and improving throughout the year. So you mentioned OKRs. Can you talk to me more about that? Because we've been trying to encourage not only our organization, but all of our clients to really focus in on OKRs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are just specific, uh, measurable goals that either a team or a person is held accountable to. So they generally have a duration. Um, so maybe increase readership on a specific set or topic area of, of blog articles, for example, is just one, one little thing. But it's a very concrete, smaller, bite-sized task that is trackable and accountable to a person rather than having just a large overarching goal like let's sell more widgets or let's you know increase XYZ metric. Um, it helps people on the team know exactly how they are expected to get to this larger goal, if that makes sense. Yeah, and speaking of goals, what types of marketing goals should an organization set? Are there any guidelines that should be followed for that? What do you think, Tyler? Uh, <clears throat> well, so OKRs are kind of like uh, a mini version of SMART goals. Um, and and that, that's, I think, my answer here is uh, we should be setting SMART goals for mm -hmm our marketing organizations. Um, really, I see a lot of uh, goals that are more lofty ideas uh, than they are things that can actually be achieved, number one. Um, and number two, uh, the question becomes like, okay, how would we ever begin to measure that? Um, and once you start digging into that, often organizations won't have the infrastructure in place to be able to do that. Um, so 
when, you know, kind of tying back into that earlier idea of expanding into a new territory, um, really each of those, each of those examples that we set, you know, there's a, a clear uh, measurable uh, result and it's, it's realistic. Uh, we set timelines. So by the end of, of Q1 or whatever, um, so that we, we have those goalposts to work toward, um, especially with all of the, the crazy that, that's going on. And it just seems like that level continues to grow uh, each, each month. But um, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully that's going to reset somewhere. But uh, the crazy just, you know, you can get caught up in it so easily. And those smart goals and the, the kind of those um, tiered or structured OKRs that support them on an individual level really help to keep everyone focused and aligned. Uh, without those, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how an organization would make headway these days. It's otherwise you're just constantly going to be in the, the, the fire extinguisher mode. Um, you know, whatever's hottest and brightest we're running toward to try and put out. And, mm -hmm. um, you might make incidental progress, but it, it's definitely not going to be focused. And uh, I would bet my bottom dollar, it's going to kind of come up pretty short from where you're trying to actually get. Um, and then looping back to the, the idea of measurement. Uh, so this is where whenever we start an engagement, the very first thing that we're talking about KPIs and the measurement infrastructure that's gonna be required uh, to support those so that our, we know that our clients have the infrastructure and the tooling in place to be able to measure any of those SMART goals that they're gonna set moving forward. Um, and so if your, your organization hasn't done that yet or you're not quite sure where you're at with with your your tool set in your martech stack uh, and its ability to measure these goals definitely start there and make that its own smart goal uh, for q1 2021 we're going to audit this and and we're going to establish and align uh, that that's that tech stack to be able to successfully measure for our smart goals looking into later 2021. So we keep saying the term SMART goals. What does SMART actually stand for? And you know, what is the best way to kind of assess progress and just how, how far you're getting to accomplish these goals? Uh, so that's uh, specific, measurable, something realistic and time-bound. What's Achievable. the name? Achievable. Achievable, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so, Oh, it's, it's right there in my notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so really, I, I, I love these and I, I work on these personally um, beyond like just intention setting every day to really help stay focused. Um, and again, just make sure that uh, where we're trying to get is clear. We know uh, and we know that, you know, that's actually realistic. So that means taking a look at past performance and saying, with, with that in mind, is this 30% gain achievable? Uh, is, this, is this relevant still? Um, because if it's not achievable and if it's not relevant, um, given, given the direction of the market and your business, uh, you're just setting yourself up for failure and you're funneling a lot of energy into something that's just not gonna, you're not gonna realize the return. <clears throat> So going back to, to how to assess progress, uh, what's the best way to approach that? Well, uh, you, so Tyler is mentioning SMART goals. You should probably track them, right? Put, a, put them in a spreadsheet or a dashboard, whatever works for you. Uh, and then have periodic consistent check-ins to review 
uh, and learn from the progress or lack thereof or any data that is, um, you know, if they're measurable indeed, then you should have data backing them up. So that's your time to kind of be agile and maybe we need to pivot or do something a little different um, if our progress is not aligning with our SMART goals. Uh, we personally follow the traction process at our company. Um, there's a book called Traction that you can read and find out about, uh, but any kind of organizational operating system that's formalized should have these periodic check-ins that's reviewing the data and learning from the data and you know, pivoting or reacting as necessary. And one, one thing while we're talking about measurement um, that especially in marketing organizations, I see that just leaves me scratching my head uh, is, well, our, our goal is qualitative. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a feeling. We can't measure that. Uh, you can. <laughs> yeah. And so if you aren't familiar with how to, uh, you know, measure qualitative uh, aspects to your projects, get out there, Google it, do some research, get in touch with someone who knows how to do that um, so that you, you and your organization can, can be gathering that data um, and, and know whether or not you're, you're making the changes to the user experience, especially we see those pop up in user experience related goals. Um, there are standard usability scales and, and things out there uh, beyond just your standard five or seven point Likerts that, that can help us to measure um, in meaningful ways the qualitative aspects of the usability of our, our sites or even the approachability of our, our branding efforts. Yeah, and you know, of course, at the strategic meeting, sure, there's room to be aspirational and have you know, poetic, emotional goals that maybe aren't so measurable, that's fine. But beneath those, you, you can still set SMART goals and OKRs and these things, yep. right? We don't, don't wanna to be too dry, but you know, let's, let's back, back up these beautiful things with measurable things. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So we know that 2020 threw us many curveballs, and we're going into 2021, you know, hopefully optimistic and who knows what it's going to hold, but in your opinion, Seth and Tyler, is there anything else that an organization should consider before going into this new year? Uh, well, I guess I already talked about if, if you know, you don't have that underlying infrastructure to measure these things, start there. Um, assuming that you do have that, uh, I think this is going to be a really great year to, uh, to really step back and say, what are the things that, that have worked for us this year? Why have those worked? Uh, and how you see those potentially playing out in a hopeful post-pandemic uh, world. Mm -hmm. I, I would guess that those things that you're see, realizing a high ROI on now are going to be things that are gonna continue to be successful for you moving forward because a lot of, of the underlying behaviors uh, are, are going to have shifted. Um, this hasn't been the two to three week thing that we were all hoping it was going to be. We're going to be pressing on a year here. That's a lot of new habits that have formed. Um, and so really take a step back and focus on, on that ROI, where you've seen it, where you maybe haven't, um, and consider seriously dropping out some of those things where, where it's, you're just not seeing that return. I know, yeah. I know maybe that sounds goofy, but. No, it makes sense. It, it's been a long time. Um, and so I, I think businesses just like we have really need to just step back and ask some of those tough questions. Mm -hmm. And I would 
add, you know, um, things are going to change rapidly again, you know, once we have a vaccine and they're not going to be totally the same and we don't know everything just yet. So back to the topic of experimentation, um, be agile, adapt, test, uh, experiment, you know, A-B testing, there are, there's user experience testing, you, you know, you can get panels of people to give impressions of things, uh, assets, copy, you know, messaging, there's, there's a new copy testing uh, service out from our friends at CXL, you know, just get data and in any way you can on anything that you're doing and try different variations, um, experiment, learn, be as agile as you can in the coming year. I think that's really important. Yeah. Always have a plan B and maybe a plan C and a plan D. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you brought us. Yep. Dad, did you have anything to add? Um, well, yeah, I think one thing that we've really seen success with this year um, is we, we've taken a look at some of those partnerships that we have uh, mm -hmm. with, with our other organizations. Um, and, you know, we've seen this outside of our sphere. Uh, we've seen a lot of coffee shops and, and things um, doing collabs to help uh, bridge the gap where retail spaces or others, you know, restaurants have, have potentially suffered. Um, and so 2021, I think, is going to be a great year to take a look at and, and realign with your partners. Uh, if you don't have solid partners, just like you've needed really solid friends and family to get through this, quar this quarantine, um, having solid business partners, uh, you know, internally, but hopefully externally, too, uh, to help play off of each other's strengths uh, and reinforce where there are weaknesses can, can really be beneficial, especially in trying times. Mm -hmm. I love that. Raising water raises all ships, right? Yep. Well, that was great. Okay. Well, thank you both so much. And if anyone has any questions on how we approach our 2021 strategic planning, um, and if we can do anything to help you, we're happy to help. So feel free to reach out. And we are back here on the first Tuesday of every month for DLBs. Thanks for joining.